Well, we have uh, another lesson here, I believe, about prayer. And I just want to talk to you for a few minutes on the theme, pray so that you can endure hard times. Pray so that you can endure hard times. Now, we ought to know that the Gospel of Luke says more about prayer than any of the Gospels. In fact, it says more about prayer than all the other Gospels put together. There is a lot. And you put Luke and Acts together, which comprises most of the New Testament, at least 48% of the New Testament in terms of volume, it says a lot about prayer. Now, I want to, um, to always keep in mind that you cannot pray enough. You know, prayer is not like vitamins. You don't need one a day. should always be praying. In fact, that's exactly what our text tells us, right? In verse 1 of Luke 18, now he was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not lose heart. It says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, pray without ceasing. I was disappointed in myself because I missed our prayer meeting on Saturday. Okay, which is at um, on Zoom at five o'clock in the morning, not not five p.m., five a.m. <laughs> All right, but um, we should always be in prayer because prayer is really the only weapon that God has given the church. It's the only weapon he's given us. So therefore, we should not look at prayer meeting as something that's arduous, it's something that's uh, obligatory. I, I got to do it because I got to do it. That's not the attitude we should have. Because what is prayer? It is a conversation with God. You're coming into the presence of the Almighty. And so Jesus tells another parable about this. Now, there are more parables in the Gospel of Luke also than the other Gospels. But I, I want you to know that a parable was always to explain a comment or statement that was made. You see that in the Gospel of Luke. Let me give, just give you an example of what I'm talking about. In Luke chapter 15, in Luke chapter 15, beginning at verse 1, it says, Now all the tax collectors and the sinners were coming near him to listen to him. Both the Pharisees and the scribes began to grumble, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable, saying, See, that's an example of what I'm saying. He Jesus told a parable 
to explain something, to give a illustration. Now, the parables that he told about the kingdom, of course, um, were different in nature, but he wanted to tell a parable to illustrate a point. Well, what's the point here? Because verse eight, uh, chapter 18, verse 1 of Luke begins with the parable. So what's the point that he's making? Well, Jesus made a statement in chapter 17, verse 24. For just as the lightning, when it flashes out of one part of the sky, shines to the other part of the sky, so will be the Son of Man, so will the Son of Man be in his day. That's referring to his second coming. Now, one thing is for sure, Jesus is coming again. I don't care if you don't believe it. You can doubt it all you want to. But Jesus is coming again. How do I know? Because he said so. That's how I know it. He said he's coming again. And with reference to this coming, I'm talking about the rapture here. When he comes at this point, he will be seen. That's clear from his statement here. Because in 17.24, he says, for just like the lightning. You got that? Just like the lightning. When it flashes out of one part of the sky, shines to the other part of the sky, so will be the Son of Man. All right? So in his coming. So he says he's coming the same way as lightning. And then he ends verse 17 with this. In chapter 17, I'm sorry. He ends chapter 17 with this statement in verse 37. And answering, they said to him, we're Lord. I mean, how are we going to know about all of these things you're talking about? And he said to them, where the body is, there also the vultures will be gathered. Now, vultures is really the word eagle. The New American Standard translated vultures. But it says, well, what is he talking about? He says, the, the, the body, the soma is a caucus. You see a caucus, you see a dead body, you see vultures flying around it. It means that's the sign. That's, that's the point. He's, Jesus is saying, look at the signs of what is going on. That's how you will know that I am coming. Now, it's one thing we can all stand assured of in that things in this world are not getting any better. They are not getting, and, and by the way, don't get, I want you to hear this because it might sound funny coming from a pastor, but I don't care how much you pray for this world. I've said this a number of times. You can pray over and over for this world. You can pray for peace. You can pray for an end to this war and an end to that war. You can pray, you can pray, and guess what? You get more wars. Things are not getting any better. They're going from bad to worse. Even in the own city that you live in, it's going from bad to worse. I mean, uh, crime is <laughs> really out of control. 
throwing people off, off train platforms onto the track, just shooting people, stabbing them. I mean, in one day, last Saturday, I had five stabbings in the city, five stabbings. So things are not getting any better. They're going from bad to worse. So this is what Jesus said. Their signs with reference to this, read it. Look at it. It is telling you that I'll be coming soon. That's the only hope we have. Okay, that is the only hope we have. You know, I, I spent, I got to admit, it was um, something I was just personally interested in. I, I watched the uh, debate between uh, in Georgia between Herschel Walker and um, uh, Raphael uh, Warnock. And I said, Raphael Warnock is going to knock this guy off his socks. Well, he didn't. <laughs> okay, old Herschel hang, was hanging in there, okay, and did better than a whole lot of people people thought. So, you know, but I mean, you know, that, that's amazing if you can get somebody like Herschel Walker in there. Um, but but just imagine, politicians are not the answer to our solution. So here's the parable. Jesus tells them a parable, and this is what the lesson is. Don't look to the government. Don't look to uh, your financial institutions. Don't look to any of those things. This is what you ought to do. Pray. And then he says in the New American said not to lose heart. The word not to lose heart is an interesting Greek word because what it means is that pray so you will not fall into evil. See, prayer is a protection against you from falling into evil. How does it do that? Well, remember what Jesus told his disciples in the garden. He said to them, pray so that you do not enter into temptation. And what did they do? They fell asleep. Because that's what prayer will do for you, right? <laughs> Come on, let's admit it, all right? <laughs> I mean, you, you folks know that there's probably no better sleeping pill, pill than prayer. Okay, people start praying, they fall asleep. Now, Jesus said, pray that you fall not into temptation. And what did they do? They fell asleep, and guess what happened? They fell into temptation. They ran from Jesus when, he, when Jesus was placed under arrest. They abandoned him. It says in Mark chapter 14, verse 50, they all fled. So prayer is a protection against that. When Jesus was about to choose his disciples, he went out by himself, it says in Luke chapter 6, and he prayed all night long. In fact, went off, he went off to prayer, and his disciples found him later on, and they said, look, everybody's looking for you. In other words, we got a ministry going here, and we got big time, and, and we, we, you know, we're making a name for ourselves. And Jesus said, okay, we got to move away from this place. 
Now, that had to be shocking for them. Why would you move away from a place where the ministry is booming? Because Jesus said, I came for one purpose, and that is to proclaim the kingdom of God. I didn't come here for those other things. I didn't come here to be a big shot. And I think maybe that's the problem too often in ministry today. We got too many pastors who want to be big shots. Now, let me let you know about this pastor here. This pastor is one of the little pastors. Okay, I'm one of the little guys. And when I, yeah, when I, when I say, I mean, I'm not rubbing shoulders with the big boys. Okay, the big boys don't want to rub shoulders with me. But that's okay. You know why? Because if I'm a big boy in the sight of Jesus, then I'm a big boy, all right? That's what counts. And here he says in verse 2, in a city there was a judge who did not fear God and did not respect men, man. Okay, so here we have a callous judge. Judge, and it's interesting, he's a judge. And there was a widow. Now look at the contrast. You got the judge, powerful then you got the widow who is destitute, but she needs this callous man's help. She needs him for what purpose? Well, it tells us in verse 3, there was a widow in the city, and she kept coming to him saying, give me legal protection from my opponent. She needed his help. She said, look, you're the judge. You got the power. You can protect me against my adversary. But look at his response. For while he was unwilling, see, he didn't care because she was totally insignificant to him. She was meaningless to him. And I want to let you know something. Many of the people who are in power who are very influential, you're meaningless to them. I I hate to tell you that, but you're really meaningless to them. They don't really have any regard for you. If you got something to bring to the table, that's a different story. But if you don't have anything, and and I can say this about certain preachers too, but I'm not going to go there. If you don't have anything to bring to the table, then they are not interested in you. None whatsoever. So here is a man, very powerful, but the woman, She's a widow, indicating her destitution. What it does it tell us? It tells us that God specializes in those who are destitute. God specializes in those who don't have the resources, the power, the connections. God specializes in helping them. Because when you are in that state, you know your need. And you also know who you have to turn to. And so we're told that this widow kept coming to him saying, 
Give me legal protection in verse 4 for while he was unwilling, but afterward he said to himself, even though I do not fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow bothers me, I will give her legal protection. Otherwise, by continually coming, she will wear me out. All right, so what does it say? The man, the woman kept coming to him. She didn't stop. Regardless of the fact that he brushed her off. And let me tell you, persistence is important. And let me also point out that persistence in prayer is important. God will never, never say or think of you as someone who is troublesome. You go to God one time and ask for something and you don't get it. You go back to God and ask for him. God is going to say, oh, you again? God will never say that. God wants you to come to him. See, there, let me teach you something about the parable here. It, what the parable indicates is the, 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 the most important principle is the end of the parable. It doesn't mean that every part of the parable corresponds to God. There is certainly a lot of dissimilarities between this man and God. Number one, this man had no fear of anyone. He did not care for this widow. God is a loving God. God cares for each one of his children. See, not like this judge. But what was the point that Jesus was making here? Jesus was pointing out, that you got to keep coming to God. And the means by which you come to God is in prayer. This is why I say you cannot pray enough. And note, it says she continually comes to me and wears me out. The, The word wear out means she's boxing me. And so here's what Jesus says. Hear what the unrighteous judge said. Now will not God bring about justice for his elect who cry to him day and night and will he delay long over them. Now there's a prayer, there's, there it is. You can see the theme is about prayer, but note how they pray. But will not God bring about justice for his elect who cry out to him? See, let me tell you something about prayer that we learn in this verse. Prayer is not a ritual. Prayer is not something that you, uh, you just do. It is something that has to be coming from your heart. This is why he uses the expression crying out. Because when you go to God in prayer, you are crying out from the innermost being of your belly to God to please intervene on my behalf. This is one of the reasons why I've watched people pray, but I have seen a real different kind of attitude in their prayer when they need help. You've seen people pray and they, they, they come to prayer, but when they are in a desperate situation, when things are falling down all around them, and then they say they want to pray, you hear a different tone in their prayer. Then you hear the crying out. Uh, where in, in fact, let, let's note that they cry out 
like you've never heard them before. Sometimes what comes out of their mouth might even surprise you. And let me tell you something else about this prayer that you ought to know. You don't have to dress it up. You don't have to rehearse it. Uh, you don't have to write it out. And you don't have to read it. Just let it come from the heart. It, look, when you are talking to God, I want you to know that's prayer. That's prayer alone. When you speak to God, that's prayer. When you cry out to God, that's prayer. See, it is, it's not some fancy thing. I, I've been in places where the pastor said, for you get up here and pray, you write it out and show it to me and let me approve it. You know, like this is an exam. <laughs> but that's not what God wants. God, you are talking to God. You're not talking to the pastor. You're not talking to the congregation. You are talking to Almighty God himself. And God knows your heart better than anybody else. And since he knows your heart better than anyone else, when you cry out to God, that's when God honors that kind of prayer. I've heard some real fancy prayers. I've, in, in fact, I, I've heard people say, whoo, he can pray. Uh, he, did you ever hear that? Whoo, that man can pray. I mean, whoa, he, I mean, but you know, who's he praying to? Because he's not praying to God. I mean, that, those kinds of prayers are, are, are nothing but oratories. Okay, an oratory is boratory. But let me tell you something. When God wants you to pray, God wants to hear your prayer. He wants to hear the depths of your heart. And, and sometimes when you pray, you can't look cute. Okay, and when I mean cute, I mean you have to let it all out. Look, look at what it says here. They're crying out. So, so sometimes you got to, let things go. Maybe the weave will come out of place. Maybe the mascara will be running down. All right? And listen, <laughs> uh, there may even be some spittle coming out of your mouth, some drool coming out, but that's okay. Don't worry about what you look like. You carry this prayer to God. It's all the Almighty who hears. And God is not looking at the weave or the mascara. He's looking at the heart. And when God hears from the heart, it says that he intervenes on your behalf. And God will do it like no one else can do it. Hey, look, have you ever been in that situation where you just felt totally desperate and said, I don't know who else I can turn to, and I have to cry out to God? But let me tell you something. Don't stay away from the church when you're going through something. That's the time to come to the church when you're going through something. Don't say, hey, I'm going through something now. I'll be back soon, soon as I get through this. No, 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 no. You ought to be right here in the midst of the church. You ought to be dependent on the saints of God so that we can bombard the throne of grace with you together. See, that's where it goes. That's what happens, and that's what God wants to see. Don't make excuses. I am going through something. If you, you, you're not doing all right, that's the time to come because Jesus said, I have come not to call those who are healthy, 
but the sick. See, see, and if you're sick in your circumstances, if there's something wrong with your finances, if you got family problems, if you got health problems, you need to come to God and come on into the church and grab a hold of one of the saints and say, listen, brother, listen, sister, I need you to pray with me. I need to hear from heaven right now because I know there is a God who sits high, but he looks low. And I know he will intervene on our behalf because I've seen him do it. And I got testimonies all around me about how he has done it. See, see, when my children weren't acting right and they were doing their own thing, God stepped into my situation and he changed it around. When I was sick in body, laying on my bed, God raised me up. Listen, when I didn't have enough money to pay my bills, God made a way out of no way. I've seen him do it, and he'll do it over, hey, and over and over again. So therefore, I'm going to come to God, and I'm going to go to the throne of grace, and I'm going to lay my burdens down, and I know God is going to intervene on my behalf. Because he's that kind of God. Listen, try him. If you don't believe me, just go ahead on and try him. Say, I've been going through something now. And I know I can't deal with this situation on my own. But I need that help that only heaven can give. And God will intervene on your behalf. And I can guarantee you that you will join you will join the throne and say, hey, he's a God who helps in the time of need. You need to come to God right now. Won't he do it? Well, if you don't believe me, you just go ahead on and try him. <laughs>